For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am very excited to chat about these Denver Nuggets. Uh, Been hyping this one up for a little bit, wanted to make sure to get back to five episodes a week if I possibly could. Thank you so much for tuning in if you are. Uh, it is almost time. It is almost time to get back to uh, where everybody wants to be in basketball season, having fun, uh, thinking about championships and whatnot. Uh, but for the Nuggets, they are in a slightly different spot than they've ever been before in their NBA history. And that is trying to recover from a championship run. They've never done that before. They've never had to do that before. And I do think that it is important to just sort of understand that and understand what kind of goes into that, uh, but also not forget that even if Denver doesn't ever win another championship in their history, they're still going to have one. And they're still going to have one with this group, with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and everybody that was a part of the group this last year. That's important. That is an important piece of this that people should not forget. There should be no reason to just blow past that. Everybody wants to. Everybody wants to see who the next big thing is, what the next big moment is, and there will be time for that. I do eventually want to turn the page and talk about the 2023-24 Denver Nuggets. We're going to do that next week. Uh, But for this week, I wanted to focus this entire slate of five podcasts every night, 8 p.m. You'll be here. Uh, I hope you'll be here. About last year, so that at the end of this week, we can collectively turn the page together and focus on media day a week from now. Should be good. Really excited about this. Going back through a lot of different things, it was nice to be able to remember what was an awesome show. It was a really, really fun time to be able to talk about the Nuggets, to be able to cover the Nuggets. This was a very interesting team, a unique team, one that kind of went through the regular season in a different way than we've ever seen them go through it before. Almost casually, uh, there were plenty of times where Nuggets fans were wondering, hey, is this team serious enough to win a title? Are they going to lock in defensively? Are they going to do the things that they need to do to win a championship? And they did. That happened. That that was a thing. That was great. Uh, But the most important aspect of this was that there were moments in the regular season that people gloss over. There were moments throughout this last year that people gloss over, that people kind of forget when you're just thinking about the big, uh, big-time moments that, that most people mention. It's hey, the Lakers series. It's hoisting the trophy. It is uh, December 8th against uh, the Portland Trailblazers. It is uh, 
the Memphis game on March 3rd. Uh, there's plenty of, and, and the Christmas game, of course, against the Phoenix Suns. There's a lot of moments that like you could you could go back through, and we're going to talk about them. But there's a lot of others that when I went back through the schedule, I was shocked how many moments there were that you could say, man, that was a big deal, or at least it was a really fun moment that could be forgotten uh, in a couple of years from now. So I want to make sure to give those moments their due to be able to talk about it. We are going to go through the best moments of the 2022-23 Denver Nuggets regular season on Monday. Tuesday will be best moments of the first round. We're going to go through and do a deep dive of the first round series tomorrow. On Wednesday, we're going to talk about the Phoenix Suns series, round two of the playoffs. Thursday, we'll go over the Lakers series, the Western Conference Finals. And then Friday, we'll go over the NBA Finals. So lots of content, lots to cover. Really excited about it. Let's get into it. The first moment that I want to talk about was not even in the regular season. This was something that I kind of forgot about until I remembered uh, preparing for this. There was a point in the regular season where Jamal Murray dunked on two different members of the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was a reverse dunk. It was a crazy dunk. One of the ones that stands out. It's on, I think, the top 100 dunks in the NBA of this last year. And it wasn't even in the regular season. It was a a preseason dunk. But it was so impressive and so important for the Nuggets that it made the cut. And it makes the cut here because how can you not love to see Jamal Murray jumping off of that left leg, uh, the knee obviously that he had torn his ACL and had surgery on. He jumps off of that like it's no problem. One of the first games back from that, dunks on two different people at an awkward angle gets fouled in the process. It was just really, really cool. A really cool moment for Jamal. A really cool moment for the Nuggets where you realize, oh yeah, that is what you lost. That is what you lost for the previous 18 months. And it's nice to be able to get a reminder of that so early on in the process. Next, Christian Brown. In the second game of the season, this one, I think a lot of people will remember for sure. This one was interesting because Christian Brown did not play in the first game. Uh, Denver lost the first game of the regular season, if you remember, on the road at the Utah Jazz. I was at that game. Everybody in the building was rocking. Everybody was very excited uh, in the in the Utah Jazz arena. And I remember that being there like, man, this is just a weird opening game to the season. In my opinion, this Warriors game, uh, going to Golden State, not playing Jamal Murray on a back-to-back, by the way. That was the front end of the back-to-back, and then he played during the home opener instead. That was a storyline back in the day. Um, Christian Brown steps in. He steps into the rotation, and lo and behold, has a great game. I don't even remember the number of minutes that he played, but he was clearly impacting the game in a positive way, in a way that Nuggets fans were hoping for. It was the first moment that Denver had where they put him into a pressure situation and he executed perfectly. Defensively, got out in transition, stayed out of the way offensively, did some good things, and then locked up Jordan Poole in that game. Specifically Jordan Poole, I remember uh, him trying to go at Christian Brown multiple times. I know that he stripped Clay Thompson at one point. I know he got a stop on Steph Curry at one point. Really cool to see. This is exactly what you were hoping for if you were a Nuggets fan, where all you're looking for from the 21st overall pick in the NBA draft, 
It's just somebody who could step in and play every once in a while. What the Nuggets actually got was a guy who played all the way through the NBA Finals, which is very, very rare. So really excited to see that from Christian Brown. And it happened in game two of the regular season. How about this one? Bones Highland. Things went sour for Bones, and there were a bunch of reasons why it did. I don't want to get into all that because this is supposed to be a positive uh, time. But I was going back through this game, and there was like when I this actually didn't make my cut on the initial run through, but I wanted to make sure to talk about this game because this was I, I just remember Bones early in the season having a game where I knew that Michael Malone's blood vessels were popping out of his eyes, and like it just did not matter uh, because Bones was doing some awesome stuff. And this was one of them. This was actually against the San Antonio Spurs. Denver was playing a home-and-home against San Antonio, I believe. And in the first game of that, Denver blows out San Antonio. And in the third and fourth quarter, Bones is hot-dogging it along. He is just absolutely flashing, doing everything he can to make the highlight play, whether it's step-back threes, crossovers, behind-the-back passes, transition plays. He was doing everything. And if you're looking for a game that should be a good Bones Highland experience for the Nuggets. Don't go look up that Warriors game four where uh, he helped save the series for, no, not, not the series, but helped save getting swept for Denver. Look up this Spurs game. I'm pretty sure it was on October 28th or somewhere around there, or that might've been the Utah game. It was one of the early games against the Spurs. Go look that up. Bones is making plays. A lot of fun, a lot of joy. There was nothing like Bones really getting the crowd going. The crowd really loved, loved Bones. And it was pretty clear to see why. He had a lot of fun on the court. Next game. You guys remember game 12 versus Boston. Denver played their guys. Boston played their guys. Boston got the better of Denver. And it was like a 20-point loss. Not a great look for Denver. Their rotations were not great. And it just didn't feel very good. Next game out, and Michael Porter didn't have a good game in that one. The next game out against Chicago, this is in the midst of a four-game road trip. Chicago, having a pretty decent start to the season. Denver has struggled with Chicago in the past. And MPJ goes in there, has the game of his life. He was awesome. And at least at the NBA level. I think I remember talking about this game and I remember talking about this one as the game that MPJ, like it was the best of his career in a Nuggets uniform to that point because of what he did to impact the game. He had 31 points. That was cool. But in addition to that, he was making defensive rotations. He was isolating. He was uh, playing great defense. He was playing two-man game with Jokic. And down the stretch of that third quarter in this game 13, he was killing it, just hitting every shot. And the Bulls didn't have an answer for him. They could not stop him. And that was the main reason, among others, why Denver won that game and then kind of got the bad taste out of their mouth from a, a Boston loss that I think stuck with a lot of people. So really good stuff from MPJ. And I think it, that was the first game where people were really reminded, oh yeah, he's got another level that he can get to. There's no doubt about it. He can do some crazy things, and people should remember that MPJ has a lot more to his game than just kind of the spot-up, occasional DHO, occasional offensive rebound and cut that he'd been doing for Denver. I think that this game, 
should be a good reason to believe in MPJ in the regular season of this coming season. But we will get to that in future days. How about this one? A matchup against the Dallas Mavericks where MPJ hits a game-winning three. But what people don't remember about this game was that, I think this was November 20th. This was early on in the season. Denver had just been blown out by Dallas in the game before. Denver was doing another uh, two-game road trip in Dallas. And no Jokic and Murray because Denver got hit with COVID early on in the year. People don't remember this. This is one of those things that just kind of go beyond everybody. Like it's one thing that I had completely forgotten about because there's so much to talk about and so much to think about. But no Jokic and Murray. First game of that stretch. Denver gets just absolutely trounced. MPJ looks bad. Uh, the the starting lineup has DeAndre Jordan in it and Jeff Green for whatever reason. I think Aaron Gordon was actually out of this game too. Uh, so Denver had nobody outside of MPJ, Bruce Brown, and Bones Highland really to really do some scoring. And lo and behold, they kind of muck it up in that second game. Uh, Bones has a great game off the bench and does some really good things. And MPJ catches the ball on the right wing facing Luka Doncic. Denver's down two. Rather than go for the two and go for the tie, MPJ rises up over Luka Doncic for whatever reason, just drains a three right in his grill. It was awesome. Ultimately was the game-winning three. But this was the game where Denver gets that half-court heave right at the end of the second quarter, but it was actually at the beginning of the third quarter because they put two seconds on after halftime. Two seconds on the second quarter, after halftime. So Denver comes back out. Dallas comes back out. Vlaco comes into the game. Vlaco hits a half-court heave just out of nowhere. <laughs> it was so funny because nobody knew what to do. Nobody knew how to react. On the Altitude broadcast, they didn't even catch it. They did not even catch the broadcast. Like, and on the broadcast, we saw a replay of it after it was all said and done. So everybody's wondering, how what just happened? Denver wins that game by one. If they don't get that Vlaco heave, if they don't get that MPJ game winner, they lose that. So really important game that gets kind of lost to the ether. Two more here before we hit a break. This one. Vlaco stops SGA. Oh, Denver beats OKC and OT. This was one where Jokic dominated in this matchup, but there was no Murray, MPJ, or Aaron Gordon against OKC. I'm pretty sure this was like November 27th, 25th, somewhere around there. So if you're going back and looking for it, that's about there. Uh, And it's pretty funny. Like this was one completely lost to the ether, but we talk about Vlaco is now the SGA stopper. And it's really too bad. Vlaco out with a torn ACL now. He would have a major opportunity to carve out a rotation role in this upcoming season. It's probably not going to happen, but I do believe in Vlaco and I wish him the best in his recovery because so really unfortunate timing and situation. And finally, before we hit a break, this is a game that I attended, and I was very, very lucky to do so. I wrote a profile on Jamal Murray on December 8th about how the mental recovery of this uh, physical injury was perhaps more difficult and how he was in his head a lot about what he was going to do, what he could provide, whether he could get back to doing the same things that he had done or be better. And it was that night that Denver season kind of turned for the better, in my opinion. They had some good moments, as I talked about up until this point, but there was a lot of up-and-down nature to everything. And then Jamal hits that game winner against Portland over Jeremy Grant on a switch. 
And that was such an important moment for Denver because Damian Lillard, I don't know if you remember this, he had like 40 points and 12 assists in that game. And just kind of thinking back to it, if Denver loses that game, Murray misses that shot, what happens? Does he get back to uh, the place where he was, where he can dominate in the playoffs again? Maybe. Maybe. Does Denver have the confidence that he can do that? I don't know. I think so. But because I think they believe in him and just not one game isn't going to do it. But I do think that one game in this case really helped remind everybody, uh, the players, the fans, the coaching staff, the front office, what they had in Jamal Murray and what it meant that he had been missing time. And now he's going to get an opportunity to recover. So really important moment for Denver. And I remember writing about that, thinking about that at that point and thinking, yeah, this was a turning point, and it turned out to be. All right. Tell you what, folks, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to continue with some more awesome topics. I've been enjoying kind of going down memory lane here. But first, everybody, why bet with the big boys this football season? There's no reason to. Instead, why don't you try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. They are the book next door and just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays everywhere. Now, you can start with Superbook. They will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use promo code MILEHIGH. So everybody, make sure to bet with the best. Use that promo code MILEHIGH this football season with Superbook Sports. Download that Superbook app. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and Roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. If you can, it'd be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're on the YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe to the video. That really helps us out. And it helps us out when you you share out the podcast. So thank you so much in advance. All right, let's get back to it. Best moments of the 2023 or 2022-23 Denver Nuggets regular season. Let's continue. Uh, Oh, wait, that's not the right one. Uh, Let's continue with this one. So this game uh, against the Washington Wizards. This was a wild one because I didn't actually get to watch this one. I was at a Mile High Sports party. Full disclosure, this was on December 14th. I remember this moment and I'm thinking, man, season's been long. Season's been tough. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a little bit of break. Let's go to this party and enjoy myself. And lo and behold, you get to see a crazy, crazy number put up by Denver. Uh, no MPJ, but Denver still puts up 141 points in this game, and they didn't really break a sweat. They scored 98 points in the paint in this one, and Nikola Jokic had 43 points, 14 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals in the game by himself. He was like a plus 28, and Denver was was just automatic in this game. Washington could not defend a chair. Denver could have really defend Washington, nor did they really choose to. This was one of those moments where Denver won because they were such a strong offense at that point. 
But Denver still had to make sure to kind of tighten things up. And this was a really good example. They gave up 128 points to Washington because they didn't care. They knew at the end they'd outscore them. And they were right. This was a very clear sign that they were right. 17 of 20 from the field for Nicole Jokic. Like, just gets ludicrous. Uh, Sneaky games against Washington. Those are the ones where Jokic has his best stat lines because usually it's Daniel Gafford or Thomas Bryant at one point or even Kristaps Porzingis, the guys that usually defend him, they can't guard him. <laughs> they, they really cannot guard him. So pretty impressive to see. Next game, no Murray, no Michael Porter Jr. against the Memphis Grizzlies on December 20th. Denver starts Christian Brown and Bruce Brown, as well as KCP, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic. Joker puts up 13 points, 13 rebounds, 13 assists, and Denver wins that game 105-91. to uh, They were dominant with their defense. This was one of those games where if you were paying attention to the Nuggets, you could circle this one as a reason to believe in the Nuggets, as a reason to believe that when the going got tough, when they knew they had to lock in defensively in order to win, they would. And they did. 91 points allowed to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are a really good offense, especially in the regular season because they get out in transition so easily and so frequently. And Denver, they just got back in transition against that team. They got back, they set their half-court defense and made it impossible for the Grizzlies to operate. Now, they didn't have Desmond Bain in this particular one, but uh, and John Morant still went for like 35 points. But he turned the ball over a lot, was relatively inefficient with his production, and Denver absolutely got what they needed to get. Didn't do anything too crazy. They only scored 105, and their their offense kind of struggled in that one, but allowing 91 points, that is the opposite of the 141-128 matchup that they had just had with Washington. They won with offense in that game and defense against the Grizzlies. Pretty cool to see them do both. Next, a Christmas thriller versus the Phoenix Suns. This was awesome. Aaron Gordon was awesome in this game, and there were a lot of aspects to this one that people don't remember. Nikola Jokic put up 40 points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists. That was pretty cool. Um, Jamal Murray had struggled up until like the last six minutes or so of regulation and then turned it around in regulation and hit some big time shots down the stretch. Uh, Jokic basically did everything else for the team, but other guys stepped up at various points. Devin Booker in this one went down, I think, four minutes into the game or so, didn't really play. Uh, that much after that in the regular season against the, or not against anybody, but just in general. Um, that was a big deal. I remember Devin Booker going down and Landry Shamit stepping up, but Landry Shamit got uh, hit with something fierce when Aaron Gordon came down the floor and put the dunk of the year on him in transition in overtime. That was a big, big deal. And that poster is, I mean, I mean, you you saw what Aaron Gordon did with that poster. He uh, he turned that into some ice and diamonded everything. That was pretty cool. Uh, make sure to go check that out. There, there's some good social posts of that one. Uh, but yeah, Aaron Gordon turned his dunk into a chain and absolutely deserves it. He sent Landry Shamit to the shadow realm. That was pretty cool. And that was just a big, big game. I remember thinking about that game. And Denver, yeah, they struggled to stop the Suns. But the Suns couldn't stop Denver. There was no thing that they could do. That was even with Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and guys like that. They could not stop Denver. And things did not change in the playoffs. Next, 
a New Year's Day matchup with the Boston Celtics. I remember this one as the Bones Highland game because what he did kind of stepping up against Jalen Brown, who for some reason was getting very annoyed by Bones. I know Bones is kind of a showy guy and he likes to hot dog a little bit, but I remember this one where Jalen Brown was having enough and and shoved him and kind of got into his airspace. There was a little bit of a ruckus on the court. I'm pretty sure that this was a game where the the shot clock got uh, jarred or, or like the rim was tilted sideways or something. And there was like a 35 minute delay in the middle of the game. That was a weird. Oh, actually, yes, I do remember that one because I remember Marcus Smart sitting at the free throw line for like 30 minutes. It was so funny. Um, and so like that just just happens sometimes. And and this was a a weird one for sure. But it was still really cool to see Denver step up to this one because Boston, despite the fact that like they haven't actually won a championship yet, they're still one of those consistently great regular season teams. And they generally show up in Denver. They generally show up really well. There's a lot of Boston fans in Denver and the Nuggets stepped up. They they held them at bay one by 12. And it was just very simple. I think that Swipe likes to shout out the stat line from Jokic where he had like 30 points, 12 rebounds, 12 assists, and shot like 12 of 14 or something like that. Just an insane level of of efficiency and production from Jokic and just something that not a lot of people can match in history. So good stuff from him. Pretty sure that Murray didn't play in this game, but Bruce Brown did. And this was one of those ones where Bruce Brown stepping up as the starting point guard and Denver knew that they could go to that lineup. Just the starters without Murray and with Bruce Brown in that point guard, that lineup made a lot of sense for a lot of the season. Ended up being a big, big deal. Next, you guys remember the Clippers game on January 5th? (laughs) This was a fun one. This was an interesting one. Uh, That was a game where Denver was up 40 points on the Los Angeles Clippers. Kawhi Leonard couldn't hand anything. Paul George couldn't hand anything. Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, Ivisa Zubac, none of those guys could do anything against Denver at that point. And Denver was scoring at will. They didn't need any help. Uh, it was just a, a spanking from the beginning, so much so that Ty Lue saw what was happening and pulled his starters at the end of the first half. They did not play in the second half and did not need to play for Denver to really uh, kind of pile on the beatdown. This game actually finished with Denver up like 31 because the law of averages says they, they were going to regress a little bit. But it was very, very clear that the Clippers did not show up in Denver. And like the Nuggets are just like, they have the Clippers number. And another one of their games will, will come up here relatively soon. Uh, a lot of fun to watch Denver play the Clippers because those games are generally competitive, but Denver always wins. So hopefully they can continue the trend. That'll be fun. Two more before we hit another break. Nikola Jokic game winner versus the uh, on January 15th versus Orlando. This is one of the ones, this is actually the header that I used for uh, this podcast image uh, or the, the thumbnail. That's what I'm trying to say. This was a big one because Denver did not play well in that game. They were sloppy. They were not consistent. They had some good moments, but the defense was just generally not great. And the offense, honestly, generally wasn't great in that one either. And Denver needed a big-time bucket. And I remember, um, yeah, I remember Jamal Murray in this one fouling randomly. 
Uh, it, this was right at the end of the game. He intentionally fouled and said that they're going to get the ball back. They're going to get a missed free throw. That's what he said. And I don't know if that's what he actually meant, uh, but it turned out to be prophetic where he they get the ball back, Denver does, after a missed free throw, and they set up Nikola Jokic for a top of the shot clock or top of the top of the key three, and he drills it uh, right before the end of the or right before the end of the game clock. So really cool to see. Uh, this was a a rainbow three, a step back three from the top of the key, and I mean it's just one of those moments that should have been an MVP defining moment for for Jokic, where Denver didn't play well and he still bailed them out at the end, but as it turns out, did not happen that way because uh. Because Joel Embiid got an MVP. Next, no Jokic versus the Pacers. Uh, if you remember this game in the middle of the season, Jamal Murray had his first triple-double. And this was a big-time game for a lot of reasons. Uh, I actually missed, in, in one of my games here, I missed a Clippers game where Denver didn't have Jokic and they went into L.A. and beat the Clippers with Zeke Naji at center. And that was a big deal. Obviously, that was a really, really big deal. And like this was another example of that, where Denver blows out the Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton's on the court. Uh, Benedict Matherin's on the court. Uh, they have Chris Duarte at that point, who was playing pretty well, but didn't ultimately finish the season in much great standing with the Pacers and ultimately got traded this offseason. But no Jokic, and people are expecting Denver to kind of fall back to earth. And instead of that, Murray kind of assumes the Jokic role and sets the table for everybody, grabs every rebound, and gets enough scoring to generate his first triple-double. But I remember this one as in the second half where Denver needs a little bit of a lift. Don't remember. I think it was in the third quarter, not the fourth quarter, but Denver got three straight dunks. One was an alley-oop from Jamal Murray to Christian Brown, and then two of them were transition plays. Pretty sure one was a Bruce Brown dunk and one was a KCP dunk, if I'm not mistaken. But I remember uh, listening back to it on the broadcast because I was in the building for that one. But I remember listening back to it on the broadcast and Chris Marlowe and Katie Wingy do a great job with that call. Um, <laughs> Katie's like, what is happening right now? She, she just could not believe what was going on. Uh, but the building was pandemonium. Everybody was rocking, having a great time. Denver ultimately blows out Indiana. It's not really a contest at the end. Uh, but that was a really, really big moment. And it showed that Denver could win the minutes without Jokic. And that ultimately proved prophetic in the playoffs too. So really, really cool to see. Um, Snowwolf says, I was at that game. I can't believe that was Jamal's first triple dub. Yeah, I mean, when you got another guy taking all the credit, taking all the rebounds and assists at the center position, it's, it's hard to get some triple doubles. Uh, no, I mean, Jamal doesn't usually rebound as well. Uh, but... Getting 10 assists when Joker's also getting 10 assists is just generally hard. So I'm not surprised that it was his first one, but it was a cool moment to get his first one. And I, th I think it did mean a lot to him. So really good stuff. All right, let's take a final break. When we come back, we are going to chat about, uh, let's let's do the final uh, 25 or so games of the season. We'll, we'll chat about those and, and see what comes up. We'll be right back. But first, let's do this message from our friends at Good Morning Broncos.
unfortunate time to really promo Good Morning Broncos right now, but Cody Rourke does a great job with the show. They do a great job here at Mile High Sports uh, with this Broncos show. Uh, but just a, a really tough loss over the weekend for the Broncos. And it's just a- absolutely embarrassing. And I know that Cody's feeling that too. I'm not sure what the, what the viewership is going to look like on the Broncos after this game, but they better hope that they turn it around against the Chicago Bears because if they don't, then there is a lot to really think about. Uh, there, there might be some major moves, and that would be pretty scary if you're a if you're a Broncos fan. But hell, if you're a Nuggets fan, if you like the Nuggets, or if you just want to turn the page on the Broncos and want to talk about the championship team, this is a great moment to do so. So let's wrap up here with the third segment, final segment, Denver Nuggets regular season in 2022-23. This was obviously the preeminent portion of their championship season. Not everybody knew what was going to happen this year, but it ultimately looked like Denver had a great chance. So let's go over some final games here from this season before um, wrapping up. 41 points for Jamal Murray versus Atlanta on February 4th. Uh, This was another game where Christian Brown also really locked in and uh, had some good moments. I think KCP got hurt during this game, and Christian Brown stepped up, played some great moments, and uh, closed the game and did some great things for Denver. And that's exactly what you want to see from a player that's kind of just kind of stepping up and filling a role. But the big story of this one was the 41 for Jamal, because this was the first time that he had hit 40 points. And you could really see during this stretch in the Indiana game Uh, kind of all the way dating back to the Portland game, you could see the growth where the first 20 or so games from Jamal's uh, return were bad. They were not good. Uh, He was very uneven. He was very like not confident for obvious reasons about what his body could and couldn't do and about just his game in general, what he was still capable of doing. And this was one where just didn't matter what it, what Atlanta did. He was very confident. He was feeling himself. He was in rhythm. And it didn't matter the defenders that they threw at him. Trey Young wasn't even on the floor for this one. Trey Young didn't play against the Nuggets this, this past season at all. Uh, so Denver, like, you can't use that as, as an excuse for why Atlanta couldn't stop Murray. They just couldn't stop him. And he put up 41 going at the Clint Capella pick and roll and did a fantastic job of managing everything. That's one that everybody should go back and look at because it was a great sign that he was really coming back into form. And then Christian Brown, like I said, played well. Jokic always plays well. I think MPJ was in this one and did pretty good too. So uh, just a a random February game that nobody's going to remember, but actually did mean something to Denver. A few days later, they put up 146 points against the Minnesota Timberwolves on February 7th. This was immediately after a February 6th game where Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic did not play. I don't think Aaron Gordon played in that game. Denver goes into Minnesota on the front end of a back-to-back, gets their butt whooped uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's a lot of people crowing after that game. Lots of Timberwolves fans were like, ah, we're not scared of Denver. What have they ever shown us? And then Denver just absolutely demolishes them the next day uh, when they come back into Denver. Murray and Jokic both play, but I remember this game as the one where Jokic, Porter, and Aaron Gordon all showed up and just absolutely killed. Uh, They were clearly dominant over the front court of the Minnesota Timberwolves, which I think featured Jaden McDaniels, Nas Reed, and Rudy Gobert in that starting lineup. 
obviously not a great fitting starting lineup, but there's a lot of talent in that T-Wolves starting lineup. But this was just like, this was a completely different class of talent. And so it was really cool to see Denver step up in that regard. And I'm glad that we got to witness it because uh, that was a, a great sign for things to come. The Denver, they just have a dominant front court and it's really hard to match up with them no matter what you do. Finally, or not finally, but right before the All-Star break, Jeff Green had the game of his Nuggets career, 24 points versus the Dallas Mavericks right before All-Star break. Uh, like I put here, this was a good reminder game. Jokic took nine shots in this game. He didn't care. Um, Michael Porter played some. Jamal Murray didn't play. Aaron Gordon didn't play. Jeff Green wasn't even starting. Vlatko was starting. But Jeff Green came off the bench and shot 11 of 16 and had 24 points. And this was a good reminder game that it doesn't always take, like, you're, you're not always going to get this game from Jeff Green, but he's capable of it. And he showed up in the playoffs and did what he needed to do to help Denver get over the top. He was contributing in a bunch of different ways. Sometimes he was scoring. Sometimes he was rebounding even. Uh, but most of the time, he was just doing the little things that don't show up in the box score. And he was a piece of Denver's championship run. Was he the most important piece? No. But he was a piece. And this was a good reminder game that even Jeff Green can have a big scoring performance. Dallas, their defense got carved up in this game. Because it just didn't matter what Denver did. They could throw anything up at the rim and it would go in. Uh, but only because they were getting easy shots. <laughs> like Dallas couldn't stop them at all. Jeff Green really empowered that. Or he, not empowered, he uh, embodied that. Excuse me. Coming out of the All-Star break, Denver had a couple weird ones. But one of the ones that I think of, this Jokic versus Kawhi battle. Clippers come back to Denver after what had happened uh, in the last time that they had come back to Denver. There was a clear desire from the Clippers to right that wrong. And they wanted to make good on what was a horrible performance for them. And Kawhi showed up. Paul George showed up. Everybody on that team basically showed up. And they played great. I, I remember Nicholas Batum being fantastic in that game. Just a great small ball five, doing everything that you can do offensively against Denver's defense. And then trying to get, just do enough against Jokic when, when he was defending Jokic as much as he was. So obviously he didn't do much. But like he did enough to help get this thing to overtime. But once it did get to overtime, Jokic took over. It didn't matter what the Clippers did. Jokic won out. Kawhi, Jokic, they were going back and forth. They were hitting big shots. I remember Aaron Gordon fouled out of this game. And then Denver didn't have any other major size. They decided to go with Jamal Murray defending Kawhi Leonard as opposed to Michael Porter. Uh, I don't remember what happened to KCP. Maybe he got hurt. Maybe he was out. But I remember Jamal Murray defending in that situation. He wasn't doing very well. And Denver, they just they had to keep up. And Jokic kept them in it, and he ultimately helped win that. But MPJ also had some big-time shots in this one. The one play that really sticks out from this game was the Jamal Murray kind of got the ball deflected behind him. He had to run into the backcourt with Kawhi Leonard chasing him. Got, it, got around Kawhi shot a half-court shot at the buzzer with like two minutes left to go in the game. Hits it off the rim, doesn't make it, but it careens out to KCP, and he or gets it to Jokic, who finds MPJ, who hits a clutch, clutch three that had the top pop-off of Ball Arena. And then he also hit a big-time three 
in OT, did some great things. Uh, MPJ really showed up to this game. He likes to show up against the Clippers and plays really, really well against that team for whatever reason. So good to see him show up in that moment and good to see Denver battle through. Even if the circumstance wasn't perfect, they still swept the Clippers. Competitive game, didn't matter. March 3rd versus Memphis. This was a statement game of the one versus two. Uh, Denver didn't know what they were going to get. Murray and MPJ stepped up, though. Murray and MPJ stepped up in a big way. MPJ in the first half. Jamal Murray in the second half. Jamal Murray was struggling in the first half. Dylan Brooks was getting into his airspace. He was talking to him a lot, making sure that Jamal heard about it. And Jamal got mad. Jamal just straight up got mad and said, F you, Dylan Brooks, I'm going to cook. And was going at him in ISO, was going at him off ball, on ball. Did not matter what Dylan Brooks was doing because Jamal Murray was getting shots up and creating space and hitting them. It was awesome. <laughs> just, a, just a fan of the game. You want to see guys rise to those kinds of challenges. And Jamal absolutely did that. And then Denver won going away because just did not matter at that point what the Grizzlies were going to do. Uh, they could not keep up with Denver. They couldn't keep up with Denver's best punch. And when Denver's defense locked in, Denver took off. It just did not matter what the Grizzlies wanted to do because they could not do anything. Really cool stuff. Three more here. The first one is this one. This was another game that I unfortunately missed. Uh, Jokic and the Nuggets play the Milwaukee Bucks. This was a marquee game that was not on national TV. And Jokic and the Nuggets did some great things. They look great. Jokic and Murray especially. Uh, but there were a lot of key contributors there, of course. But Giannis and the Bucks. I remember the first half, this was a shootout. This was a game where neither team could really stop the other. And lots of people looking at Denver like, hey, this is an elite team that you guys can't stop. What are you going to do when the shots go dry? And that happened for Milwaukee. They could not keep up. They were, whether it was on short rest or they were just coming into altitude, for whatever reason, they stopped shooting the ball as well. And Denver just kept turning it up. Jokic was doing crazy, crazy stuff. This was a great MVP moment for Nikola Jokic, where he's battling both Giannis Antetokounmpo and Brooke Lopez. Did not matter what they threw his way. He showed up and he showed out. And Denver, like they gave him the right support, whether it was Aaron Gordon or KCP or Jamal Murray or even Michael Porter. Like it just didn't matter. They showed up and played great basketball. Um, gotta love it. Like you get, you always gotta love it with games like this. These are measuring stick games. I like to call them. I'm not the only one, believe me. Uh, but this was one where, Hey, you show up against the, the one seed in the East and really take care of business against them. So taking care of business against the Celtics, taking care of business against the Bucks. What happens when the Sixers show up? Yeah, that was, a. Uh, that was a thing. That was a thing that happened. You remember the article that Sham Sharania wrote about uh, Joel Embiid and his MVP case and his conversation, his sit down with the big man and Embiid saying that he didn't have any pressure on him. Like, why do why does Embiid have any pressure on him when Nikola Jokic, or not, he didn't say Jokic, he didn't name anybody by name. He said, why do I have pressure when there are MVPs in the league that haven't done anything in the playoffs either? Who could he be referring to? Sat that game. Sat out that game. Did not play. But he played in the others. He played in the two before, including a back-to-back. -back, and then he played in the games after. Tried to 
anchor that MVP case as best as he could, but did not want to show up to Denver where Denver could really do something about it. Jokic could really do something about it. Took that chance out of Jokic's hands, and Embiid ultimately won because he cared about the end of the regular season more than than Jokic and the Nuggets did. So, is what it is. Denver won that game. They kind of struggled with it because nobody cared at that point. This was just a, such a ho-hum moment. But I remember lots of people losing some respect for Embiid in that moment uh, because it just wasn't a competitor for whatever reason. And then final moments here. End of the regular season was pretty bad for Denver. If you remember, most of the time during March and April, they were losing games. People were wondering, what is going on? Basically, after that March 3rd game against Memphis, there was not a lot to really talk about for Denver. They took care of their business. They were going to be the one seed. It was just a matter of when they clinched. And that allowed for other guys to play. And Peyton Watson was one of them. Peyton Watson kind of showed up out of the blue out of, from the G League and just started playing and started playing pretty well. Uh, did enough that I think you could actually mention him as a candidate for the playoff rotation based off of what he was accomplishing. If you asked Michael Malone before those games whether Peyton Watson could have had a chance to be in the playoff rotation, he would have said, ah, it's really tough. You don't want to put a young guy in that kind of situation. He said, I have confidence putting Peyton Watson in the playoff rotation. And he, he basically said that verbatim. Now, that's not what verbatim means, but he basically said that. And that was a pretty interesting moment based off of what Peyton Watson did as a defensive player, as a transition player, as somebody who could connect on both ends of the floor, make some athletic plays. He was a big, big deal. And it's one of the reasons why Nuggets fans are so excited about this moment with him, why they are really hoping that Peyton Watson shows up and does some great things in the coming years, as soon as just a couple weeks from now. So going to be interesting to see what he does. I'm very curious about it, but... We're going to have plenty of time to talk about it. But that's the regular season, everybody. That was it. That was the regular season. And there's a lot of moments that I went through. I went through about 22 different moments or so. And it was really, really cool kind of going back through, going back through this. If you are a Nuggets fan and you want to be able to share that and share these moments with other Nuggets fans, share out this podcast, share out this specific episode. Uh, this is going to be the start of this week. I am covering the best moments of the 2023 season. Tomorrow will be about the first round. Best moments, deep dive into the Denver Nuggets versus Minnesota Timberwolves. Game, uh, the series went five games. So we're going to go deep into each of those games and talk about the nuances of them, what happened, what, like, what we remember for both positive and negative, and mostly focusing on the positive because Denver did win 4-1. But it was a really, really cool experience to be able to go back through everything. I hope you enjoyed this particular experience, uh, just going back through and watching and listening to this Denver Nuggets podcast. But that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. Folks, I got some cool things coming up. I've got some really, really cool things, and I don't want to spoil it because there, there's still some things to figure out, but watch out. There's a lot coming. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.